Hey guys, welcome back to Range Talk. I'm Cody and I'm your host. Guys, today we are talking about suppressors. Are they worth it? Are they overrated? What are they? How do you get one? We're going to cover it today. So let's start with what is a suppressor? A suppressor is a tubular piece of metal that attaches to the end of a barrel of a gun and it uses internal baffles to reduce the sound that the gun makes. These baffles catch the hot, fast-moving air from the shot, and they slow it down, allowing the gas to completely expand. It slows it down, and it cools, which in turn reduces the noise. Now, you may be asking yourself, why would I need one? Well, there's a bunch of different purposes other than they're cool. One of the purposes may be that you use it for hunting. Depending on the type of hunting, maybe you're hunting predators and you want to be able to shoot multiple times throughout the day and not be so loud, you can use a suppressor. For ranges that are in town, they're nice, or even an indoor range where you're shooting and you're trying to minimize how loud the firearm is, that's a good option. Or if it's being used on a range with an instructor who is talking to somebody that they're trying to train, it's nice to have a suppressor so they're not having to yell over the sound of the gun. Another benefit to this is in lower, smaller calibers, you may not need to even wear hearing protection, and it also reduces the recoil and muzzle flash that a gun typically has. So I call these things a suppressor, but you may know them as a silencer. In the industry, these two terms get thrown around pretty loosely between suppressor and silencer, and a lot of people don't know what's right. Now, the original patent was called a silencer, but really it doesn't silence the gun. It only suppresses the noise. So technically, a suppressor is the correct term. For example, a AR-15 with no suppressor is about 160 decibels, whereas An AR-15 with a suppressor, it's reduced to about 130. So it's still loud. It still needs hearing. You would still need hearing protection, but it's not nearly as loud. So this clearly shows you that it's a suppressor and not a silencer. Hollywood is notorious for making them seem like a silencer. You see these movies like in John Wick where they're shooting in an airport with people all around them and nobody has any idea. They can't hear it. You can barely even hear it in the movie. You barely hear the sound of the action and nobody's the wiser. They're just sitting there shooting at each other. When in all reality, not only would they hear the bullet impact, they would hear the guns action or the slide operating. You would definitely hear the shot going off. So suppressors came around in 1908. Hiram Maxim invented the first suppressor and he, like I said, called it a silencer. They used to be available in sporting catalogs and general stores. You could just go and buy one or have it shipped straight to your house. No questions asked. But in 1934, the National Firearms Act was enacted, which put restrictions on various types of firearms and different accessories that can go along with them. With this came a $200 tax stamp that would be applied to the suppressor. Now, $200 may not seem like a lot today, but back then, that was about $3,500. So it was a pretty big barrier to entry. 
Due to this $3,500 and the tax stamp that you had to go through, this greatly reduced the demand for suppressors, basically making them kind of an odd accessory to have up until most recent years where we've seen an explosion in the suppressor game. So with the popularity of suppressors, there's a lot that's unknown about them, like how to get one. A lot of people think you can just go and buy one or you can make one or, you know, and there's ways to make them, but they're not effective. So the process to getting one is you will need to go to a gun store with your $1,000 for the suppressor for a good quality one. You'll need $200 for the tax stamp itself that you're going to pay to the ATF to allow you to have one. You're going to need two sets of fingerprint cards. You're going to need two sets of passport style pictures, and you'll have to fill out all the forms and everything at the gun store. After you do all this, you now get to wait six months to about a year and a half before you get approval and you're actually allowed to take your new suppressor home with you. Then once you get the suppressor, you can't just go home and throw it on your gun. You have to outfit your gun to then accept the suppressor. So this may mean a threaded barrel, so an entire new barrel, or if your gun has the capability, you can remove the end of the the muzzle device and put a new one that will accept your suppressor, or you will need a recoil booster or a piston to help the weight of the suppressor on certain types of pistols, and the list goes on and on. Then a lot of this stuff you can't really do yourself unless you have a good built gun shop. So then you have to pay a gunsmith to do this work for you. So as you can see, not only does the suppressor cost a lot, then you got to pay the tax stamp. Then you got to buy all the accessories. The suppressor can get pretty pricey pretty fast. Now, with all that being said, I'm not trying to talk you out of getting one. I just think you should know what you're getting into and how expensive this new little addition to your gun collection will be. I personally own a few suppressors and I have them for pistols and I've barely even used them. I never use them. The only time I ever even break them out is so somebody else can see them or a friend can try them out while I'm with them. Um, I do have them for my ARs, but you need to have a platform built for the suppressor. You don't want to take a 16 inch barrel like I've discussed before and put this eight inch suppressor on the end of it. The gun is then, it's it's too big. It's too much to manage. So you have to have a correctly built platform to even run the suppressor to make it even a viable option. Where I like to use it is I like to use a suppressor on my long guns. When I'm out at the range and I'm shooting all day, uh, certain calibers I don't even have to wear protection at all, and that's nice. And some, it's just nice to get rid of the, it lowers the recoil. Um, if you're shooting laying prone on the ground, it reduces the kickback of dust that not only I get, but the people next to me, my spotter. And I mean, they are fun. It's a great thing to have. And it also in some way does aid in accuracy as it's not a lot, but it does protect from wind for the, for the round. And it basically extends your, your barrel out even farther to protect it from wind. So suppressors have their place. But with all the legal and financial hurdles, that's something that you have to decide if that's something that you want to invest in. Is it worth it? Are you going to use it? In my case, pistol suppressors, I'm never going to use. They have no practical 
application in my life. Are they fun? Sure. And there's nothing wrong with owning things because they're fun. But am I going to use it? Probably not. My AR suppressors, definitely functionable. I'm going to use them. My suppressors for my long guns, definitely going to use them. I do use them. So this all comes down to what are you willing to spend? What are you willing to jump through all these hurdles? And what do you really want? Because you could take that $1,000 and either buy a new gun, buy a bunch of ammo, buy um, great training from somebody, or you can buy a suppressor. Which one are you going to use the most? All right, guys. That's all I got this week. Short and sweet. Make your decision. I don't know what you want. They're fun. Get one. If it's too expensive, then don't get one. All right, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Don't forget to get your training in. Don't forget to go to iTunes. Rate the show a five-star. Go to Spotify. Rate us a five-star. Yeah.